you're listening to the Archive Deep Time. I have a question. A query? Yeah. Have we ever introduced ourselves on this show? No. Never. <laughs> we never have. I think we made reference to the fact that, like... I'm uh, Tom De- DeLonge. Adam- <laughs> <laughs> I think we mentioned that Adam kind of barged in once in a while. Yeah. But, what, uh, what is this? You guys keep starting without me. <laughs> and last week I was like, hey, Drew, you want to do this without John? And he was like, No. <laughs> No, that'd be you like... Do, you guys are without me, no problem, but... <laughs> yes. Yeah, all right. Well, that would be like Scott Ackerman doing you two, you talking you two to me without Adam Scott. Oh, so even though there's actual three hosts of this show, I only get well, secondary... Well, there's two main well, you hosts. you kind of bowed out on this? one of them. Yeah, you've bowed out on several. Yeah. And you were 45 minutes late when we last tried to attempt to record this one and didn't tell us anything. I feel like you've been a voluntary adjunct member yeah. of what the is, Deep Dive. What is this? What is this? But, hey, that's okay. Hey, it's okay. We're not offended. We're glad to have you whenever we can. Yeah, whenever you deign to join us. When I deign to join you? Yeah, man. D-A-D-E-I-G-N. <laughs> I'm glad that you finally decided to show up for the last one. Yeah, thank goodness. We did it. da 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 we haven't done it yet. Oh. We might not make it out of here. I'm the water. It's rising. Yeah, <laughs> it's going fast. We got a leak in the deep dive. Wouldn't that be draining? It's leaking in on top of our heads. Oh. Yeah. We're under the river. The yes. rivers. Yeah. Have you not been paying attention how we get in here? This is like one of those acrylic tubes that they have at SeaWorld where you walk underneath. We're underneath the Hour Cavern. I just saw Nick time. swim by. There he goes. Hey. That's not Nick. That's Abe Sapien. That's Nick. I'm <laughs> I'm Drew. I'm John. And I'm Adam. <laughs> and so, you're listening to the <laughs> Wait, 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 wait. No. <laughs> no one I hope no one has listened to this. <laughs> <laughs> I know for a fact that one person has listened to it. Oh, I know one at least one yeah, person. Yeah, hasn't your wife listened to this? And she said it oh, was okay. it wasn't not listenable. Wasn't I do that, know wasn't her glowing two, recommendation. two people. Yeah, her glowing re- recommendation. Yeah. It wasn't not listenable. Yeah, <laughs> or something like that. But not to be fair to her, I said to her right before she said that, I was like, I think it's unlistenable. <laughs> <laughs> Has this been posted to like Blink One Eighty Two subreddits? God, oh, we should no. do that. No. We should definitely. Why do would we that. not do that? What's the point of recording this thing if we don't do stuff exactly like that? I don't want people to hear this. <laughs> what, this why? is more an exercise for ourselves, I think, of, of like exercising our demons. You got to think bigger picture, fellas, because they listen to this and they think, "Hey, that wasn't not listenable." <laughs> Maybe this our kind of thing might be not listenable as well. I barely want people. I'm not to sure hear we that. want that. Yeah. <laughs> Well, we might already have too many listeners. I know. <laughs> I know. I know. We're, we're <laughs> look. Listeners bring responsibility, accountability. It's scary. they also bring. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Cashability. The donuts. They snap. Not as of yet, but maybe one day. Someday. Someday. All right. So that's who we are. We'd yeah. love to hear who you are, even though we don't read comments on this show, or at least no. we haven't thus far. Maybe well, we'll do like a wrap up after all of these have aired. And yeah, we'll, uh, a remake we'll back to if it. If we do that, something. I think my nephew Josh would like to join us. Oh, that'd be rad. Yeah. Um, would he be a full host? 
if he it came. would probably be a full fledged. Yeah, I just want to make sure I knew where. I True <laughs> Blink fan. Right. Hey, you said it didn't matter. You said you said my hey, my uh, my greenness would you know be what? helpful to the. It's the only thing that matters. <laughs> That's referencing today's topic. I don't even get it. Sure. <laughs> Side note on that. Uh, I was listening to um, the one of the uh, 90s themed satellite radio channels over mm. the weekend. Mm-hmm. And the DJ got on there and he's like, uh, you know what? I'm going to do something. I'm going to do something different. I'm going to play uh, three bands and the songs that I think really... Uh, broke them through. These were the bands. These are the songs that made the made the name for these bands. Maybe they weren't the radio hits, the big radio hits, <laughs> but these are the songs that really made Maybe these nobody bands heard them. what they are. To me, this is to me. He then proceeds to play "Damn It," <laughs> <laughs> and then he follows that up with um, uh. Counting Crows, Mr. Jones. Wow. Does Counting Crows even have any no, other songs? That's their sure, only they have, song. They, they have like one other one they put out. <laughs> Isn't like. I think it was you a can't, cover. You can't even remember the name of it. I think so. it was a cover of Mr. Jones. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it was. And then they played like what? Like Smell Like Teen Spirit? <laughs> no, they played uh, Bullet for Blood, Butterfly Wings, uh, Smashing Pumpkins. Yeah. I, yeah. Anyway, wow. that's the world we live in now, a world partially created by Blink-182, which right. is part of the reason why we decided to do this, what I think is an eight-episode odyssey. Isn't this ninth? No, I think this is eighth. I mean, but I'm speaking we, forward to the recap if, episode. If we do do a follow-up, could be nine. Could be. And you know when the next album comes out. Put an addendum on this bad boy. <laughs> Yeah, we'll have to revisit this whole season. How does that work? Is that like an issue zero or a yeah. episode nine and a half? Yeah. Nine and three quarters. All right. For we'll, you Harry we'll Potter friends that. out there. Smeagle, <laughs> smeagle. Oh. <smiggle. laughs> <laughs> oh, please don't ever do that again. Please do integrate <laughs> that into your everyday speech. Smeagle, smeagle. Where were we? We were... Um, a blink. We, we, we were at the uh, moment of... Uh, mm, Reckoning? I guess. Well, Neighborhoods had been released. Yeah. And, and they, so had dog eat, Dogs Eating Dogs. Did they tour Neighborhoods? Yes. They did. We saw that tour. I said I thought you saw that tour. <laughs> we, saw, we talked about that in yeah. the show. You're right. Do you listen to the show at all? <laughs> I haven't heard that episode yet. No, I So they toured Neighborhoods. They put out Dogs Eating Dogs. And then they said, all right, this is great. We're free from our, uh, our obligation. We're a real band now. Yeah, we can do whatever we want. And I think about three seconds later, <laughs> they probably <laughs> broke up. <laughs> but yeah. then they didn't break up. Because according to one party, the band was still together. And party there of the was Toms. A, there was a miscommunication. This was a strange period yeah. of time. Uh, no one really knew what to believe. This is um, late this is, 2016, yeah, early this is 2017. Last year. Yeah. Um, um, Tom is the, the, the. This would be early 2016. I want to say early 2016. Okay, end of 2015. Maybe late 2015, early 2016. Early 2016. I want to yeah, say late right. 2015. Okay. You're right. Yeah. 
So the word goes out. We should make him a full-fledged host. Oh, yeah, that's that was, a good idea. This, this guys, real... let's not jump to conclusions here. Let's let's get. Let's, <laughs> let's see how he does. Let's on see how. Yeah, let's see how he goes. So. Late 2015, early 2016, the band communication begins to break down. So they—they they actually, man, this thing's really loud in my head, in my phones, my earphones, headphones. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they are trying to record a new album after Neighborhoods, and I believe the plan this. Oh, time, hold on! What happened with Dog Eat Dogs? It came out. Well, that was an EP. Oh, okay. So they're, they're that's right. That's right. Go on. And I believe they were planning to do like they did with dogs eating dogs, record it together. Mm-hmm. And according to Mark and Travis, Tom kept pushing things off for his other projects. Um, Look at those aliens. Travis even claims that Tom quit the band several times before the actual quitting. Before, before the word got out. Yeah. Um, and uh, basically, at a certain point, I think Tom delayed, you know, one more time. Tom delayed. Tom delayed. And <laughs> Mark and Travis then, quote, legally separated themselves from <laughs> Tom DeLong. What was Tom's take on that? Tom would go would go on in news interviews to say that, he was still in the band, um, and he hoped to play with those guys again soon. <laughs> Basically, that or or I think he also said, you know, if they ask, I'm, I'd love to play with those guys again. But didn't he also at some point say, like, um, you know, actually, I quit the band or I'm on hiatus? He he yeah. So he he's never officially, as far as I know, acknowledged. That he's no longer in the band. Right. Uh, they, uh, Travis and Mark, maintain that, publicly maintain that he is no longer a member of the band. Right. So, what? Uh, well, so <laughs> I'm looking at an article in Rolling Stone that uh, was published in. April of 2016. Okay, this is probably the announcement? No. This would be after. Oh, this is his... Tom DeLong on Blink-182. Quote, we do have a future together. <laughs> Guitarist reveal, reveals he's closer to Travis Barker and met more, than, more now than ever. Okay, so <laughs> here's the thing he posted on Facebook. Basically, in March of 2015, they start... Like, the, the band, Tom is gone mm-hmm. by March. Okay, so this is April of that year. And he posts this on Facebook. Um, Hi, everybody. I understand all the craziness out there in internet land. It is an odd time for fans of the Blink-182 legacy. I know. It's odd for me, too. Well, I met with Mark yesterday and Travis the week before. I actually talk to Travis almost every day now. In an odd way, I'm almost closer to him more now than ever. The answer is this. We do have a future together if we want it, but for now we are busy doing separate things. I'm directing a movie this summer, releasing a couple more albums of music, and digging deeper into my secret machines project with the U.S. Department of Defense. (laughs) 
I know people are comparing the Angels and Airwaves Chasing Shadows EP to the new Blink-182 music, and that is a failed task. We are different people after different things. For one, I think partnering with a songwriter on the Blink album, Feldy, Five Seconds of Summer, Good Charlotte, was too far a change. So he's referring to the fact that, um, is it John Feldman? Is that his name? Yeah, I think so. Uh, produced this latest album, California, that we'll talk about today. And helped with some of the songwriting. Uh, Partnering with uh, him was too far a change, but something they desired, and that in itself may be an indicator of some of of our current artistic differences that are difficult to overcome. I guess I've always just liked the songwriting we did together. But at the end of the day, I support their desires, and if they're happy, then that's what matters. Earlier this year, I was recording the song New World on the Demos album titled after my own name. And that was my first early opinion of where we could possibly take Blink for the next album. But again, that's just my idea, and I'm only one of three. At the end of the day, both of us have ideas, but from opposite sides of the road. Now we are at different places in our minds, careers, and goals. I get it. But that said, I obviously want them to make music the music they wish. I've always been thankful for them in my life, but I am a forward-thinking artist. And sometimes that leads me down a different and far-reaching path. That is why I've done progressive projects like Boxcar Racer, Angels and Airwaves, Love, Feature Film and its albums, and even the Dreamwalker album with the accompanying animations and novel, etc. I look forward to my upcoming film and music adventures and a hell of a lot more. (laughs) Maybe throw in a bit of Blink-182 if we can build back that, quote, special something that was once there. Hmm. So that's kind of Tom's statement on the matter. Which, you know, like, at the time that all this was going on, um, the way the way that it came across, this is this is all this is like a protracted like kind of four month thing, right? Where yeah, one 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 side kind of issues a statement or has an interview and makes reference to some to to the arrangement, and then the other side says something that's completely contradictory or at least partially contradictory. I think after that Facebook statement went out, Mark said, I haven't talked to Tom since the breakup. Yeah. Like he refuted this, this, the idea that he had just talked to to Tom the other day. Yeah. Uh, so like while this is all going on, Tom really seems like clueless and absurd, right? It's really strange. It it reads very odd Or, or just, um, willingly, like ignoring what Aloof reality is, and, yeah, yeah. Um, but when you when you really think about it, he, I think what it basically says he he's he's saying the same thing is true. They they are not. He's not part of the operating band as it stands right yeah. now. Uh, but that's not. It's not that he's not a member of Blink One Eighty Two. That's what he's saying in his mind, right? Right. Um, he the the three of them could still make music, and he's open to that if they're willing to pursue his ideas, basically. Right. right yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Not in so many words, but yeah. Um, and I think most people would say that okay, these two these are two separate entities now. The, yeah. The way we traditionally look at bands, this is someone doing a solo project and the band continuing on without them. But I, I do genuinely believe that in his mind, 
that's not the way it stacks up. Right. He looks at it as, okay, these guys are working on this thing that they're inaccurately calling Blink-182. <laughs> and I'm doing my other things over yeah. here. And who knows? Maybe someday we'll get together and we'll actually make Blink-182 music again. Yeah. But what you're listening to now is, you know, it's not really Blink-182. And that's okay. Right. That's like sort of his perspective. He's like, eh, that's fine. Go ahead and do it. Have your little project and work with Feldy and yeah. see what happens. That's fine. It does come off... That post comes off very condescending mm-hmm. and judgmental of what they, what Mark and Travis did with the band. And um, I will say, like, I think, I don't think he's wrong in that I, I, they I don't, could. Again, having heard this for the first time, it doesn't sound, it sounds just delusional. More than Oh, Tom? Con- yeah, more than condescending or that. It just sounds like he has he no idea what the hell is going on. Yeah. Yeah, but it, it it could you could also read it I think as a willful disillusionment. Um, well, or I mean, delusion, delusion. The the condescending yeah, stuff delusion. is him saying I would never want to partner with another songwriter. You know, like yeah. he he's he's essentially slamming right. them for the things they did, um, and and framing it as that's just something I would not do. Right. You know what I mean? I what you're saying. Yeah. Um, but I think putting putting the breakup on them basically right. saying like this was the direction you guys wanted to go in and I wasn't willing to do it, you know, because I have higher standards. Yeah. That's sort of the code. Which I, you know, obviously we don't know the details right. of, of like when things happened and what was planned before Tom, uh, was essentially fired from the band, but they didn't meet with Feldman from what I read until after that, well, like they, fired or repeatedly quit. I'm legit asking. They like, legally, Oh, that's right. Mark and and Travis are like, he is not a member anymore. Like, we are legally... I think things were signed, it sounds like. Um, Which is is a point of complication, I think, because there there has been some stuff uh, since then. Like, when you say it that way, that to me says, like, okay, um, Tom no longer has any say about what happens with Blink. Right. Like, he probably still has songwriting credit and he gets royalties from that or whatever, but he's no longer calling the shots for the band. But I've read things subsequently that suggest that, no, actually, he still does have part ownership of the name Blink-182 right. as a band. Um, <clears throat> but who knows what that means? You know, And, and like, are the, the terms of the agreement such that they allow Mark and Travis to do whatever they want? Right you know, indefinitely and, and such that, you know, they are functioning as a separate entity, but Tom still legally is owner of the band or part owner of the band. Right. It's almost like he's leasing the band to them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it's a real bummer of, in the end to the like the yeah. previous breakup was much more it felt better yeah you know it was like they well, got, it was emotional yeah. it was genuine it it, it and it, it seemed like the reasons were somewhat valid yeah. you know like it, it you you can kind of understand and excuse i guess maybe is the yeah yeah too strong of a word and this but. just feels very clinical and like legal in or 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 um it's just the the way that they they frame everything 
about it, this breakup is just like, you know, I don't know. For such a, for a band that has this identity of, um, is sort of freewheeling, um, carefree spirited, um, ethos. It's very strange for yeah their demise to be like you say so clinical yeah and so like um I mean it 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 kind of embodies a lot of what I think punk initially was kind of trying to um, rebel against or. Mm-hmm. Or, or um, avoid at least, you know, like this this idea of bands that were like so um, commodified, yeah, that like there have to be lawyers everywhere, yeah, contracts exactly. and things like yeah. that, agreements or whatever. And you could make the argument that you know Blink left that ideal a long time ago. Oh, I'm right? sure they did. Like, yeah. you know, fr- probably from the moment they started making records, they were yeah. already thinking as like a legal entity. Yeah. But but it's it's just uh it's it's to me it's so strange that they they went so far down that road. Mm-hmm. That like this band that is has cultivated the image of kind of a joke. You yeah, know, like that is that is a, a core tenet of their identity. Yeah, that they exactly. are a joke, a bunch of goofballs. That they right. then go to such uh, an absurd extreme. Hey, it's maybe it's part of the joke. And, uh, maybe maybe we're all <laughs> maybe the joke's part on of us. this long game. Maybe they do talk together all the time, and they just laugh at how the world <laughs> continues to make yeah. podcasts about <laughs> <laughs> terrible <laughs> podcasts. <laughs> yeah. So what happens after that? They've they've that's where it stands. Tom is maybe in the band, maybe not, but yeah. certainly not contributing. Mark um, and Tom, they had a few shows. I think they they were going to be doing um, Travis's Musink Festival, which mm-hmm. is his music and tattoos. I think, which is the worst thing I've ever heard. Um, <laughs> I mean, this is like a normal festival, then, right? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> music and tattoos and piercings and um and. Uh, and so they needed someone to, you know, stand in for Tom. Um, they also played the Reading Festival, <clears throat> and Reading, Pennsylvania, Reading in England, <laughs> I believe. Oh, right. Um, That'd be awesome if it was Reading, Pennsylvania. Is really nice. Yeah. You've never been there before. <laughs> <laughs> it really is. <laughs> so, um, so they had Matt Skiba of Alkaline Trio fill in for Tom. And I think from, you know, the moment that that happened, the the rumor mill started a turning. Will Matt be replacing Tom uh, permanently mm-hmm. as the third member of Blink-182? Will it become Alkaline Duo? What's happening Will here? it become Blink-180 Trio? We don't know. But we do know. because Now we know. <laughs> uh, indeed, Matt joined the band uh, as a full member, just like Adam is now a full... <laughs> Uh, co-host, be careful with that beer. <laughs> um, he uh, took over for Tom, and then they go into the studio with John Feldman, previously mentioned. John Feldman, the lead singer of Goldfinger, mm-hmm. that you might remember from the 90s. You know, who produced I, uh, a lot of stuff at this point, I think, right? Oh, yeah, that's sort of... So he, it wasn't like they just like right. grabbed this guy who'd never been behind a board you know, before yeah, like yeah. this guy had a history recording, right? And he, albums. um, some of the 
better known acts that he'd been uh, that he'd produced albums for were Five Seconds of Summer to Summer to Mars, All Time Low. Um, these are sort of these like bands You're that just are pulling words together right now. <laughs> born out, I would say, sort of born out of the Blink influence, yeah, for better or worse. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, he's an established producer at this point. And I remember being actually pretty excited about that because I really liked Goldfinger great. at the time that they were making music, even their later stuff, which I think a lot of people don't really dig. Um, and I want to say in like 2012 or something, they released a single that was really great. I thought, um, Goldfinger did. yeah, say it for the Goldfinger deep dive. Nothing came of it. <laughs> um, and reportedly reported, I, I hate it when I say that. Oh, hey, well, Sources tell me. Yeah. No, what I read on Wikipedia <laughs> <laughs> is that um, they came to John Feldman with, like, a bunch of songs already sort of that they were working on. And he was like, you know what? Why don't we start completely fresh? <laughs> these we're going to put these all are those away. <laughs> Let's start over. Um, nice try. <laughs> and, Someday you'll be a real band. Right. And so he met with the, you know, the, on the, and on the first day of, of recording, they wrote like three songs. One of them was Bored to Death, which would become the first single. Um, and apparently Feldman encouraged them to write really quickly, to not think too hard about what they're doing. Um, and, and it sounds like he was a very, you know, uh, uh, heavy influence yeah, on this Yeah, he was album. kind of a mentor yeah. of sorts. Which I, I, I get... Um, I get the the allure of that, especially coming out of the situation they're coming out of, mm-hmm. probably feeling a little disconnected. Yeah, and and it lost. Is, it does sound like more of a punk rock way of writing songs too. Like you throw something out there real yeah, fast yeah, and hard. Yeah, yeah. Then, well, then you tweak it once you kind of have an idea of what you're going to yeah. do versus trying to really come up with a full fledged uh, idea out the gate. Sure, especially considering that one of the criticisms of their recent work at that time mm-hmm. of neighborhoods was that it, you know, was overly complicated and right. you know, produced. Yeah. Overproduced, that was my yeah. complaint about it. Yeah. Um, <coughs> so, so he kind of encourages them to write quickly. Uh, he, he tells Mark, he's like, you have to write a song about Tom. You can't, you know, people are going to expect it. Cause apparently Mark did not want to write a song mm-hmm. about Tom DeLong. Yeah, he did it. Once. I'd say, like, am I missing? Okay, go ahead. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, that that ends up on the album. They wrote, ended up, I think, with 28 songs. Mark wanted to put them all on the album. He felt that the fans had waited a long time for a new album and wanted to sort of give them a lot. Mm. And <clears throat> Feldman said, no, we're just going to do, I think it's like 12 on the on the initial release. At least on 14, cut it in half. Um, let me look. <laughs> oh, it's 16. Well, it's too much. Um, Just cut it in half, man. Don't give us anything. <laughs> <laughs> um, but then they do release those other tracks on a deluxe version of the album. It's uh, probably planned from the beginning. Yeah, most likely. Yeah. Especially if it, it sounds like Tom, or Tom Mark <laughs> wanted to release them all at once. Yeah. I'm sure he was like, well, I want to release them all at some point. Right. Hang on to them, buddy. Yeah. Give it a year. 
Um, Let I think this stupid thing fester for a while, and then you can make oh, it worse. John lets his true feelings out. <laughs> I think um, Matt Skiba. There was a lot of question, like how involved would he be in songwriting and and music? You know, would he just be a just guitarist, yeah. or would he be, uh, you know, part of the creative um, team behind it? And he, from from what I've heard. <laughs> And read, yes, he's like he was as much a, a writer on this album as any of them. Um, and also, I was just looking at this today. There's a lot of other writers on this album. <laughs> um, give us, give us some names there, or like a number. Yeah. Um, so, in addition to the three Hoppus, Barker, and Skiba, the three members of Blink One Eighty Two, Feldman is is credited uh, quite a bit. Um, as is Patrick Stump, who I believe is a member of Fallout Boy. Hmm. Um, let me, let Which me. I think Mark produced a Fallout Boy album, didn't he? They're buddies, yeah. yeah. He, he's, I think he's good friends with those guys. Um, David Hodges, who uh, he was in bands such as Evanescence, <laughs> Trading Yesterday, The Age of Information. <laughs> um <laughs> Uh, I can't wake up. Martin, <laughs> <laughs> Martin Johnson, uh, Boys Like Girls is a band he was in. That's the, the oh, what? Uh, 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 sorry. Um, and then we also have. Let me pull this up. Nicholas Furlong, who I, I'm trying to find this one that brother just of Eddie cracked me up. Who I guess is also known as Raz. <laughs> R.A.S. <laughs> and he was uh, a member of Papa Roach at one point. Oh. Associated acts are Walk the Moon, All Time Low, Waka Flocka. Oh, yeah. Heard of them. Five Seconds of Summer, Papa Roach, among others. Diplo. Um, What'd you call me? So he's probably like a friend of uh, Feldy or whatever. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Who comes in, hangs out at the studio one day and so plays a riff. A lot of help on this album. Um, You know, leading up to this album, I was very curious about how it would turn out. Were I'm you, sure most were. You were you cautiously optimistic? Yeah, I was. I was like, okay, I think the their you know neighborhoods had a heavy-handed Tom DeLongness to it. Mm-hmm. Dogs eating dogs felt better, mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> and so I thought. Well, maybe, you know, this will, I, at the very least, I was like, this will at least tell me what is the issue. Right. What is Blink-182 without Tom? Yeah. And is it still is Blink-182? It, Does right. it still feel like it? Um, and so I was uh, very, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Sexy. Yeah, it was very sexy at that point in my life. <laughs> I was really anxious to hear it. You know, I, I was really kind of like, what is this going to be? And I, and I love uh, Alkaline Trio. I'm a big fan of Matt, Matt Skiba. Um, so I was looking forward to that. Um, and they released a few um, live performance videos prior to the release of this album. And I thought, you know what? He sounds pretty good singing the, the Tom parts mm-hmm. for the most part. Um, 
so then the album comes out. I was actually in Washington, D.C. at the time, if you can believe that. Nope. <laughs> Lies. <laughs> so I listened to the album on the trip home mm-hmm. on the road. And my initial reaction to this album was a positive one. Um, and subsequent lis- <coughs> listenings um, were less and less. And I think this album is really catchy. I think a lot of it is very sing alongable. Um, I think that on the surface, a lot of these songs, for me anyway, I enjoy them. But if I listen to the lyrics or think too much about who wrote them, (laughs) (laughs) I, I like really start to dislike it. And I also, it just, there's a, there's not many songs on the album that feel like Blink-182 songs. Hmm. I think, you know, I, and, and I think I may have said this about Neighborhoods. If this wasn't a Blink-182 album, I might like it more. You know, yeah. if it was positioned mm-hmm. as something else, I might feel the same way about this album. But a lot yeah, of it... Yeah, this was like a totally different band with the members of Blink-182 and... Alkaline Trio. I think I called something else. (laughs) I think I'd still, (laughs) because I'd be like, well, this, yeah. If this was a totally different band, I probably wouldn't listen to it. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, but yeah, that was, that, that that was kind of how I felt about it. There's, there's a few songs on here that I really like to listen to. There's a few, there's, there's quite a few moments in different songs that I think are really great moments musically. But as an album and as a Blink album, it's a pretty big disappointment. I might rank it lower than Neighborhoods at this point, like of listenability for me. Um, and uh, it's, yeah, I, I don't know. It's just every time I listen to it, I'm a little less interested in it. It's funny to find out that they... Uh, were instructed to, you know, scrap what they were working on and just write really quickly, just, you know, get some rough ideas out there and that those eventually yeah. became what this album is because it sounds like a really calculated piece of crap. It does. It really does. It, it's like they... <laughs> were it like, does sound really thought out. Imagine, if you will, that it's 1998 and uh, you are about to release the most amazing pop-punk record ever recorded. It's almost like he told them that, and then they then they like wrote something, and then he was like, "Okay, no, let me make it worse." I think that he did sort of say that um, because I was reading that in preparation for this album, he John Feldman, you know, re-listened to all their stuff, um. And I do, I think that he probably was trying to capture that. Do you, you really think you listen to all the stuff? Yeah, that's what he said. <laughs> all the flash water. Things. Just the small things. <laughs> he might, I mean, look, he was around when that stuff was happening. Yeah, I guess. You know, he's, he was in the scene that yeah. they were in. It, it's not out they of the realm of possibility. Together, yeah. Sure. Oh, yeah. Um, I think, I, I, I'm curious, do you think this sounds anything like that era? No. 
No, but it, it definitely had all of the hallmarks of it, in, or it was it was promising all of that. It was like when the 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 album art came out. Yeah, I saw it and I was like, Jesus, it, this looks like you know I could see this on a T-shirt in. 1999 it it looks like the type of thing that was really popular there was like um alan forbes i think is his name the artist who did like a lot of afi's uh album art you know like that type of illustration was like really popular it's like really like skate influenced and stuff and that was definitely a big part of the scene at that time i think much less so in the 2000s and Mm -hmm. later but it was definitely those things kind of went hand in hand the style of a band that's like identity visual identity like really mirrored a lot of like skateboarding Mm -hmm. stuff and so when this album art comes out it like looks like it 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 looked like a throwback it looked like they were intentionally um calling back to that era and then you listen to the songs and like it it structurally i think they are trying to do that mm-hmm. but it's not it, it doesn't even it doesn't even work as like a throwback i don't think because no. it still sounds like it's um recorded in a pool of antiseptic spray or something i i, f- it, I feel like it's overall very hollow it's absolutely hollow it's and it is the most hollow thing they've ever produced yeah so it it like as much as neighborhoods was overproduced and over um overly complex mm-hmm. this is simplistic but um empty you know at least neighborhoods seem to be like coming from some place they were they were still doing their thing where uh you know trying to to harken back to that idea of this teenagers against the world, you know, aesthetic or whatever, uh, which was bullshit, but at least it felt like it was something they were still interested in. Whereas this just, it, it, it feels like it's written to order. Did Tom have a response to this album? I mean, that Facebook post was kind of, he kind of talked about, it was like they had released some singles. Oh, that was post the album. I, oh, think it I, was, guess, I think it was while... I guess he would have known they were recording with Feldman at that point. But yeah. yeah. I don't think it was... I don't think the album I don't know was if he So has. no official sort of like... Not that I heard. Huh. Not that I know of either. Um, it just feels very disingenuous. Mm-hmm. I, I, and maybe that, that might be too harsh of a word because it's not that I think that they're trying to fool anyone yeah. with anything, but I just feel like the topics in these songs, none of it feels grounded in reality for any of them. And the ones that are based on true events from their past, it's just they they don't they're not interesting takes on them. Yeah, they don't sound like uh, they're coming from a place of introspection uh, or reflection. It's just like this happened to me once, and isn't this interesting? And it's terrible songwriting. It's just in a lot of cases, it's just really terrible. Um, like the the way the the way the music works together and the some of the lyrics. It's just a lot of very simplistic junk with no like real spirit behind it there i think there are two songs in this album that i really like like that i think feel real and are interesting to me as statements as songs that's the first and the final tracks (laughs) um and most of everything in between i mean like i said there's a few things that i'm like i can listen to this i enjoy the music 
Um, but if, but just kind of ignore the lyrics for the most part. It's, it's a very good, a very good background album. Mm. Like it, it, I think it works as something you don't pay attention to, but just kind of plays. Yeah. You know, like, I mean, you put this on in a, Pacific Sun uh, <laughs> store and <laughs> no problems. Absolutely yeah. no issues. But this is like, I guess, and maybe that's the problem with it too. Like maybe our expectations are too high. Yeah. You know, there are a lot of bands doing a derivative thing that was inspired heavily by Blink yeah. and possibly even intentionally, you know, uh, an attempt to articulate that. And this sounds exactly like one of those other bands. But it doesn't sound like Blink. Let's go track by track. We won't belabor this. Whew. All right. Um, <laughs> so the, as I said, this first one, I like this one. This is cynical. It's short. Sweet. And I to think the it's... Point. And, and it, as a way to start the album, I was like, oh, I'm interested um, in what potentially this album might be about. There's a cynical feeling saying I should give up I'm out You said everything you'll ever say There's a moment of panic when I hear the phone ring Anxiety's calling in my head Is it back again? Are you back again? Um, I really like that. I like, um, you missed the whoa, whoa, whoa part. <laughs> we'll get plenty of those. <laughs> um, I just like, I really like the sentiment. I think that I, I believe that Mark feels that way about, right. Especially coming to this album. Yeah. Um, and the place that he's at, I like that, you know, quiet opening into those, this like, I think it's a very blinkish song. Yeah, I think the the staccato yeah. drums and the like sort of cutting in with the guitar. I'm guessing you don't like this, but I do like the Barker's excl- exclamation of ah! uh at the in the middle of that. Yeah. Let me find it. I like that. Okay. We'll come back to that in a few songs. Yeah. <laughs> I know we will. Um, and then Bored to Death. This is the single. I liked this. Uh, I, I could see why it's the single. It's, uh, oops. Singable. This one has a very neighborhood sound to it, to me. That's a terrible lyric. (laughs) Rescuing a nightmare from a dream, and later that's uh, changed to rescuing a tiger from a tree. (laughs) Um, 
but I do like the chorus. I think if this song was produced and mixed differently, it would be a lot better. It it seems very blinkish to me. I yeah, I uh, maybe. And my uh, preteen slash early teen boys love this song. Yeah. See, I just think this this whole na 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 feels like so. It's it's like they're eating their own wake right now. Hmm. Like that that kind of. Um, chorus is so common in many of the bands that followed mm. Blink's Rise, and now it's it's almost like they're they're now aping what interesting aped them. Yeah, and and it's also okay. Maybe it's fine here in this song. It, it, if it that if that's all we heard of that, if it, same thing with Barker's yeah. outburst. If that's all that we hear of that, and then we hear, everything else is different. Okay, maybe this has a place on the album. Yeah. But we're going to hear this same thing over and over and over again yeah. for the next hour or however long this album is. Let's do it. <laughs> Very familiar riff. Yep. Mm-hmm. This is their second single, I think. I definitely heard this on the radios. Well, they... Oh, on the radio? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, maybe, they, maybe not the official well, second. It's single, just that they released a lot of this before the album came out. Yeah. Oh, maybe... Not a, not on the radio. I know I've heard Born to Death on the radio yeah. a thousand times. This, I'm pretty sure that I have. Yeah, no, definitely. Ugh. I think I didn't last very long when I heard this on the radio. Or maybe, oh, this is, maybe, this is, maybe this isn't a movie or something. I don't know. I've all heard right. this. Let's no. I'm pretty sure that is a single. Let's let's count all of the things that are going to repeat on this fucking album. So we've got <laughs> Travis Barker shouting something in a musical break. One more time. We've got uh, a chorus that is essentially um, just words shouted singularly. So it's not it's black not, shirt, black, black skirt. skirt. Bauhaus stuck in her Mind. head or hand? Mind? Stuck in her head. Head. Okay, third thing. <laughs> References to 80s bands. And other punk bands. And other punk bands, yeah. Direct references to them. These things are all going to recur several times over on this album. Yeah. Um, if done well, if articulated well... That can work. I mean, you can make this a, uh, an album full of motifs and try to put together some kind of vibe. But I don't get any of that from this. I just get just a lot of things thrown out there haphazardly um, or with some calculation and, and just not um, no finesse. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't I really don't like this song. Um, <laughs> for sort of two reasons. One, like, it's about someone falling for a girl. And I think they're all married. 
<laughs> and I read something earlier about Mark saying he was writing songs about falling in love with his wife over and over again. Okay. But this has no indication that that's the case. Yeah. Um, and it just feels like, oh, we got to write a song about, you know, falling for a crazy girl. Mm-hmm. Um, it's and- also interesting that, you know, to me, this song is written again as a second single or third mm-hmm. or however many. So it's put, it's being put out towards teenage boys, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Yeah. What I will take a wild guess 1%, probably a high estimate, if any idea what the hell Bow Wow is. Bauhaus. Bauhaus. I think that's fine. I, I think that works in its favor if they don't. Because if, if someone connects with this song, if a teenage boy connects with this song and they're like, what's Bauhaus? They'll look it up. Oh, I thought they'd tell like, like Bow Wow Wow, what they referring to. <laughs> No, that would no. be better. That That's would, what I thought they were referring great. to. I thought they were like shortening it to Bow Wow. I was like, why are they saying? No, no, <laughs> Bauhaus. Bauhaus. Right. Which I'm not really familiar with Bauhaus. They had the, their big hit was um, Bella Lugosi's Dead. Bauhaus eventually became, um, or part of it kind of splintered into um, uh, Love and Rockets, the band Love and Rockets. Mm. And then they, I think they split up and became other bands too. I think. Well, so the other reason I don't like the song is because I find it so catchy. <laughs> like, like it bugs me how much I find myself like singing like, along mm, when it comes. Mm, on. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. Because I mean, you could. I can see myself. I'm there. I'm, I'm flipping through the shirts on the pack sun rack. Um, and maybe I'm going to go over here and I'm going to buy some shorts. Oh, right. And, <laughs> oh, yeah. Here comes the chorus again. Now I'm nodding. I'm, I'm looking through shorts. I'm going to buy these shorts, I so, think. So <laughs> the next song. Pockets on shorts. That's a cool idea. <laughs> the next song, Los Angeles, I think is the worst Blink-182 song yeah. ever. Yeah. Oh, this. I really. This is incredibly bad. Let's hear it. I have a, yeah. <laughs> Drew's cringing right now. He looks sad, legit. This is the Evanescence guy's song. You hear it? I totally hear it. It's not Evanescence. No, I know, but I'm saying this is. No, this is a Fallout Boy song. Oh, okay, fair enough, fair enough. Or maybe uh, uh, Paramore. Oh, this, this, this is another single. They put this out also. I remember hearing this and I was like, what? First of all, I'm, I'm automatically like, Red Hot Chili Peppers really tested, tested my patience. <laughs> Anytime a band starts singing oh, about California, I'm already like, <laughs> I know. my interest level is like drops like 20% Me too. off the top of the bat. I'm like, meh. And then for me, it's California or New York City. New York City, I can take it with a grain of salt. I can't. But L.A. or California in general, I'm just like, like get over yourselves. Okay. Like it is not that big of a deal. Here's the thing: you can do that. You can do it. You, you just don't do need it. to be so fucking overt about right. it to actually to directly invoke it. I mean, seriously, no, the, the no, second no, I heard, the, the second I heard they called this band Cal- uh, band this album California, I was like, Hang like on. nope. 
you can be overt. You can name your tracks yeah, sure. after cities. But it has to have Give meaning. Give Des Moines some love. Yeah. Like, I just don't know what they're trying to say. Like, uh, Los Angeles, when Wouldn't will you save, save me? me? Um, okay, the next one I kind of like, Sober. Um, I just can't imagine why anyone would want to play these songs. <laughs> you know, like, I'm just like, you're a band, and this is what oh, you like do. play them live? Like, play them. Oh. Perform these songs. Yeah. Like, what would, where is this coming from? Yeah. Well, there are Who pillars, are the I mean. human beings <laughs> who are putting these ideas out there mm-hmm. and then having to... Present Look, them to the I'll world. say this. I saw them live with Matt Skiba. Mm-hmm. I really enjoyed the show. Like, regardless of how successful this album is on its own, um, they seemed into it. And I had a really good time. So I think they do want to play this. Yeah, but Why? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, and maybe like maybe that's a, a, a the kernel inside all of this is that like this is a really interesting evolution for them in that they're not so predictable or something. You know, like like if this is if this is really where their heart is. And it seems impenetrable to me. Mm-hmm. You know, why is that? Where, well, yeah. Who are they as people? And it's been a successful album. It was, an, it was number one on the Billboard charts when it came out. I think people are responding to it. Mm-hmm. And I just don't think we, you know, are any longer the, the target demographic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, okay, this next one is the first of two joke songs on the album. And these are really frustrating songs because they seem potentially great, I think. Yeah, then, I think in both cases, I, I hear the start of the song and I kind of perk up and I think, oh, is this one actually going to be good? Yeah, yeah. And, and, and it's frustrating because you're like, oh, maybe. And when, you're, when it's not good, <laughs> it's like they can do it. They yeah. can. But it's when they feel like it's a joke that they. Yeah. It's, it's almost like they relax. They're like, this doesn't have to be anything, so it can be whatever. So we can just do whatever. And yeah, that yeah. should do that for that each of the every songs. every song, yeah. Okay, so this is Built This Pool. Um, is it two on here? Yeah, yeah, there are two. Um, because there's also, we'll get there. At least one. We'll on, get there on the deluxe album. You wait for. We're it. not going to do that one track by okay. track. <laughs> <laughs> um, even though I do think there are better songs on that in some cases than on here. Okay, no future. Let's kind of move fast. That's a familiar. Yeah. 
Ugh. That drum. I like this one, actually. Like, again, on a, on a very, like, surface level, mm-hmm. with most of these, when I say I like it, it's like... Well, I mean, they're all very It doesn't offend you. Yeah. <laughs> it's harmless. Yeah. Words shouted singularly. <laughs> I think this one is actually a lot like Bored to Death. But, and you're right, you know, I didn't think about this before you said it when we were talking about Bored to Death. A lot of these songs are like the same song. Yeah. (laughs) Over and over. All right, Home is Such a Lonely Place. I don't like this one. (laughs) (laughs) I really don't like the ideas behind the next two songs. Kings of the Weekend. That's not not that bad. No, it's terrible. It's only terrible because I know it's Travis, right? I like I like that part of the song. Mm-hmm. I like the how that feels. I like how Mark's singing. Um, the lyrics aren't totally terrible, but then I really don't like the chorus because I don't believe them. I believe that that's true, was true for them at some point in their lives. I don't believe that it is true for them now. No. And I, and that's not even a, like, that's not coming from a place of Like, you can sing about things that don't pertain to you. Yeah. Yeah. But there's not even a microcosm of honesty, or maybe, maybe worse because it used to be true. Yeah. And now it's so much like, it hey, look at how we used to yeah. be like this. Eh? Yeah, and it doesn't feel like they're really latching on anyth- onto anything that is true from their lives. It's a very like, oh, what's it like to be crazy on the weekend? Yeah, it's you, like you know, they can't even relate to that feeling anymore. Right. That's, it sounds like the song written by people who don't remember what it was like to feel what that song's about. Because, you know, not to get too, you know, cerebral here, but like, Part of that is you don't you can't even articulate it because it got so crazy or you were so yeah. emotionally wrecked or just whatever you just mm-hmm. it was damn near impossible to put to words. Yeah. So you put this uh, milk toast song out about <laughs> like this is what it's like to be crazy. It's like it just it, there's no there's no traction there. It doesn't doesn't hit. Yeah. And and yet I will sing along. Like I'm I'm I keep being perplexed by how often if I listen to this mm-hmm. I will sing along. Well, life's too short to last long. You're right. (laughs) Teenage Satellites is the next track. I hate anything that says teenage. (laughs) This is the prequel to Apple Shampoo. Or Waggy. Sorry. I just don't like the sound of the of their voices in that song. 
Um, Hit me like a Friday. I'm trying night. to go real fast at this point because we've been. I think we've been going for a while. Yeah, we have. Yeah. All right. Um, let me go. Let me skip the next two and go to San Diego. This is Ugh. the song about uh, Tom. Um, I think you guys are being a little harsh with the, no, the track I'm t- names. Oh, I just again, it's a California thing. I'm like, Bleh. well, I guess the thing is, I, I kind of wish every track had a city name to it, yeah, and it would feel had they stuck with that. Yeah, California is the album, and here's all the tracks, yeah. all the yeah. names. I could take that with a grain of salt. Yeah. Or if there was just some connectivity between them. Sure. You know, like, yeah. That if you could either, it doesn't have to be like a narrative or anything, but if there was just some, be nice. some thread, <laughs> some, some way of connecting these songs together yeah. where, you know, emotionally you were, you were traveling through them instead of them just seemingly being arbitrarily thrown on this record. Mm-hmm. It's like they, they, they had this California idea and they were like, oh, awesome. I can write a song about Los Angeles. I can write a song about San Diego. We can write a song about California in general. I got these other songs over here. You want to put those on the record, too? Like, there's no emotion behind it. Or at least it doesn't feel like there is. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, this, so this is the one that uh, John Feldman was like, you need to write a song about Tom. And I don't think that's a bad direction to give. Um. Because I, I, I think it's I, an interesting challenge. Yeah. I think it's absurd to tell him, you've got to put a song about Tom on this record. That's why I found it kind of weird. Like, okay. Yeah. I, I, but I do understand why he's, he's, he's maybe, right. Maybe he's, he's heard what they put out so far. And he's like, I got to get some sort of, sort of emotional <laughs> something about this guy. Yeah, exactly. Some sort of emotional connection or attachment <laughs> to something. What does this guy actually right. feel? <laughs> um, I think he's right that, that fans expected it. But so um, what? Why give them what they are expecting? That seems like the worst possible way rock. to make a record. <laughs> you know, like let the let the album speak for itself. Like that's the answer. Let the music come more. That if if this is an honest record, this is their response to Tom. You know, like that should be. He should have said that from the beginning. Don't write a well, song about Tom. He should have been like, okay. Where are you right now in your head emotionally? I write twelve songs, but I think that he. I think I'm with you, John. He sensed that it was being avoided. I don't think that any of this refers to that, and I think he sensed that, and tr- and ch- you know challenged Mark to do it, to go there, in hopes of getting something that felt, um, you know, real and genuine, honest, and and I. I'm sure you guys will disagree, but I think this does achieve that. I like knowing that this is about Tom. I think this song has uh, a lot more, um, feels a lot more genuine to me. And especially the way he frames it. He doesn't mention Tom. Right. He's talking about San Diego, which is where they both, you know, grew up and, and where the band came from. Right. And he's talking about not being able to go back. And he's right. I mean, that's the crazy thing. And if that's right? the thread of this album, like, okay, that's a great <laughs> starting point, right? Like, okay, that's it. You can't go back to yeah. where you've been. Great idea to explore on an album. When they record that album, I'm interested in hearing <laughs> it. <laughs> Here it is. Here's the Play that track, yo. <laughs> Who we used to be 
Okay. I realize that this is not the context that it's in, but pull that away from the rest of this album mm-hmm. on its own. I can dig it. I am into that song. I believe what he's talking about. You know, the cure reference against everything else on this album is annoying mm-hmm. as just a part of this song. You know, I, it's them. That's who they, well, you know, again, like it's, it's them, um, retreading something that they've already done more honestly and with greater finesse. You know, that's wrong. It's what they've done as Tom, Mark and Travis. It's not right. what Mark has done alone. Right. Like, this is him reflecting okay. on that. Okay. And and I don't know. This the the song to me has a deeper resonance than almost everything else on the album. Mm-hmm. And it's um it's done a disservice by being on the album. <laughs> <laughs> I I still don't think like even taking it out of context, I don't think it's a very listenable song. I don't either, but I kind of like that. Okay. You know, it's not it like unlike most of these, it doesn't instantly hit you, and and it's not in your head, and it's not, you know. Well, right, but but I'm saying like it's 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 not something I want to continue listening to. Okay, like I it, I I think it's great to make a challenging song. Yeah, but it, that only works if I'm still willing to finish it. You yeah, know, to listen to it all, and I get to the chorus of this, and I just I'm out. Yeah. I don't want to hear anymore. Um, let me go to the, the title track, California. This I think is my favorite song on the album because it feels, so I don't, I don't know if this is true, but I feel like that this is actually kind of a, um, almost satirical. The way he describes California and living in California sounds terrible. Yeah. Um, but it's where he's from. You know what I mean? And so I think he, he does feel, see comfort in, in it. It doesn't sound like anything else on the album, but it also to me sounds different in a, in a way that I haven't heard. Um, I, I kind of wish that this had been the stepping off point. Yeah. California. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I don't think it's great, but it's maybe in the context of the rest of the album, exactly, I'm really yeah. responding to it. Yeah. That is a great yeah. lyric. I mean, I think the, the conceit of it is right on. It's perfect. Let, let me just read some of the lyrics because you can miss them just listening to the song. Cause it's sort of a dreamy, hazy song. Um, that seems like, Oh, he's just like, how great is California? Yeah, you, you could, 
believe that he's singing the praises of so it. So it's beige, beige little boxes in a row. Um, neighbors and friends that you don't know. Here's a form. Go wait in line. Can't you see I'm doing fine? It's what I've always wanted. It sounds like a nightmare to live there. <laughs> right? It sounds like um, boring and stale. Uh, Fake. He mentioned, you know, two little kids out on the lawn. Okay, I get, you are a father. Yes, right. finally. You mentioned that. <laughs> <laughs> um, once we had love, now it's gone. You know, I don't know if he's talking about his own relationship. Tom, Tom. Or he's, he could be referencing he could be Tom. Talking to Tom. He yeah. totally could. Um, good things haven't happened yet. And I do like this lyric. I'm as empty as a movie set. Because, it, you know, that feels very real to you know his experience Mm -hmm. in california um beautiful haze of suburbia living in perfect weather spending time inside together other i'm just listing lyrics now (laughs) wearing all black out on the beach faces i've seen in magazines um i just i like it feels like he's sort of saying it's kind of lame here but it's home but well, and the, yeah, the way that it's treated, like the music, yeah, it, it's not, it's not an aggressive assault in the way that yes. some other band might do it. Yeah, it's or maybe even the way that they've done it uh, to a certain degree. But it's the the subversion is clear there. Yeah, and I think the song builds really well. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of yeah, I really wish that kind of was. The whole album. Um, and the final track is another joke one, Bohemian Rhapsody. No effects. Yeah. God, at this moment, when I hear this song, I'm like, oh, what? What? They're there. They're here. <laughs> then I hate the album again. <laughs> I don't even mind that lyric. It's just that that is a wasted. Yeah. Okay. That's the album. And then they, they released a deluxe album, which had, uh, how many more tracks? Let me see. Be 12, right? <laughs> <I've>, yeah. <laughs> you're probably right. <laughs> Has another joke song. That's not very good. It, and, and I think there's a couple tracks in there I like. But before we finish, I want to play you guys a few a few things because right. Tom released his. I mean, this is it, man. So you, this is the last. Yeah, we're about to come up for air for for good, maybe. So you do what you need to do. <laughs> Tom released um, a demo album, an album of demos, odds and ends. He calls to the stars. Um, Thank you, Tom. <laughs> and there are songs in here that. I, I just called it to my alien friends. Are <laughs> subtle. Fairly obviously, we're going to be Blink songs. Mm. And I just want to play a couple for you guys. Um, where did he say? He said one of them. Well, anyway, uh, I think this was one, and it's called An Endless Summer. <laughs>
<laughs> I mean, he has a similar problem. Their interpret it's his interpretation of yeah. the same yeah concept. Um, but I, I really like the music. Yeah, yeah. It's definitely a much more to my liking than anything. And then this one, on I feel California. like, what's really great about this one is you can put this song on the album California and it retains the theme. Because hmm. this song is called Golden Showers in the Golden State. <laughs> The interesting thing about that is it makes you wonder if they already had this idea the California right. in mind. Yeah. yeah. I or think they probably if it's did. A, if it's a response to it. Yeah. Well, he released this before the album came out. Yeah. I believe. I really love this song. <laughs> um, that, because he, you know, does capture what the Blink sound was. In the late 90s, early 2000s. Um, I mean, maybe, I'm sure a lot of people would just say, well, it's just him rehashing what he's, he always did back then. Sure. But I love it. It does kind of sound like a, a slightly slower progression of <clears throat> dumpweed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, maybe like, that's why I love it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, I, I think that people should put this at the end of the California album on their playlists. Mm. It just could be like a final note from Tom. Because <laughs> he's still in the band. He's still there. Right. <laughs> Here's his demo. He never left. Um, yeah. I just, I find that really interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, both of those songs, uh, I think, are maybe a glimpse into what was coming. And I liked it. Yeah. You know, or at least I liked it better than what ended what up got. on the album. And I liked yeah. it better than stuff that was on Neighborhoods. Um, if Who knows if that would have been the final form of them. Yeah. You know, given them working together on it. But I don't know. It's There's there's more promise there, I think, than what we get from California. Yeah. Like, at this point, I don't... I, I can't... Uh, I can't expect anything good from Blink-182. I would love to be surprised, but I can't... I don't feel like I can even hope for anything. I think, you know, where I am with the band at this point is if they release more albums, I will listen to them to hear where they've gone. Mm -hmm. I doubt I'll buy an album again. What if Tom comes back legit? Oh, then I'll, I mean, I'll, then I'll listen to hear yeah. what they do, you know? <laughs> I was um, curious if that yeah. changed anything, if you're like. I mean, I'd be way more interested. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think that is the, the deciding factor there. Like, I, I might still listen to something that they put out. I expect nothing from it. I hope for nothing from it. But you put Tom back into the mix, and now I'm curious. Yeah. Like, All right. Let me. 
propose this. Can we get some final deep thoughts? Starting with our new co-host. Unreal. (laughs) Adam. Uh, This little journey has brought more blink knowledge to my brain than I ever wanted. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that probably goes for any um, of the four people who listen. Right. <laughs> oh god. Um No, it's it I would have given up a long time ago. Yeah. Like if I were them, like Oh, you would have given <clears throat> up making music? Or, no, or, just with the, or doing what they're doing. Doing what they're doing. As that band. Yes. Like basically after the second breakup I would have been like, <laughs> let's just, even once it be yeah. Mark and Travis doing their own thing, call yeah. it yeah. shoehorn. I mean, just like, yeah. just, just thank you. Name. Just, just let it die. Like, let it yeah. die. Yeah. Um, will it take another plane wreck to bring it back together again? Oh, boy. Who knows? I think it'll take a um, UFO wreck. <laughs> no, then, you, no, that's, then we're done. Cause yeah, that's true. <laughs> Tom will be off. Tom's going to have his meetings with the Department of Defense. Right. <laughs> He literally did have meetings with the <laughs> Department of Defense. That's the incredible thing. Yeah, I know. Having worked for them for a number of years does not surprise Ooh, me. Did you meet him? Did I you meet Tom? I can't talk about oh. it. Um, he heard those demos. <laughs> <laughs> That's great, Tom. Thanks. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> no, I, you know, it's, as I said, as a super casual listener, um, I liked him fine back in the 90s. Uh, most of their side projects, I thought, were actually them, and now this new stuff just feels like another version of them. Obviously, which it is, but I probably liked Tom's voice the least, <laughs> so I find it very grating and annoying most of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm not overly opposed that he's no longer in the band. Uh, <laughs> And I don't, again, unfortunately, I guess because I am such a casual uh, purveyor of Blink, ultimately, I don't really care why the other, if they, if they do well or, or flop and fail. So, there's my That's final deep thought. a good thought. place to be. Right. Good luck, fellas. Uh, <laughs> uh, Godspeed, and hopefully you let Blink die and put out other music with some other band's name, like Shoehorn. Yeah, Shoehorn. Um, I, this was a really interesting exercise, um, to go through all these and kind of think on them. Um, It'd be interesting if we ever do another deep dive to do a band that maybe didn't have so much, or, or band for that matter, no topic with that so much trial and tribulation, if it will be as mm. interesting or, or as, uh, uh, when we do our, and out come the spiders, um, (laughs) What, wolves. What did we say we were going to call that? And outcast the wolves. That's outcast what it was. the wolves. And outcast yeah. the outcast the wolves. <laughs> Our rancid deep dive. <laughs> um, I so anyway, it, it, this was really interesting because going into this, um, and especially going into California, the album before it came out, I kind of felt like. Tom was bringing the band down. Um, and now I kind of feel like he wasn't, <laughs> he was bringing them somewhere I didn't necessarily like, but it, it still felt like somewhere. Yeah. Um, and 
may, and I feel like, and you know, we talked about neighborhoods. Like I was, I'm enjoying that album now. Yeah. And it makes me wonder, you know, was I coming around to where they were going? Was I starting to meet them there? Um, Though I also wonder, you know, again, this is their first go at this new version. So yeah. maybe they're still getting the, get the kinks out, get the dust off. Yeah, maybe, that's yeah. true. Maybe they're, they'll take the feedback or realize, hey, we really like this and not like this and come back with an even stronger sophomore. Uh, sophomore, I guess, whatever. I mean, it kind of is a sophomore yeah. right. effort in a way. Um, but um, what, I think what I, what I come away from this most, what I, <laughs> what I come away with the most from this exercise is even their worst album, I can listen to it. Like I, and I have, I like to fly swatter. Really? <laughs> I really <laughs> want go there. <laughs> something I like to do with a lot of bands is to listen to the, like their full discography kind of in sure. a row and just hear, you know, the progression and, and, and I can still do that with blink. I mean, even when I wasn't enjoying neighborhoods, I was subjecting myself to it. <laughs> um, and, and so I think, you know, despite, my distaste for a lot of what this new album is they're they've done so much good for me, you know, mm-hmm. prior to this, I guess it, maybe it's banked a little bit of credit for them. Sure. Where I'm willing to kind of like sit through this stuff to hear the moments that I really like and to hear the songs that are, that's, that do resonate amidst the ones that don't. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's maybe that's it. Uh, I, 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 there are similar elements to both of your, uh, final thoughts that resonated with me. I, I, I found it a very, um, rewarding experience and, uh, relevatory in many ways. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, well, I said in the first episode that in the process of starting this off, I, found myself starting to wonder if maybe I've, I'm, I'm not and have never actually been really a Blink-182 fan. Right. A crazy, kind of a big statement. Yeah. Well, and, and I think it's, it, it is both true and, and I, I think right now it's very easy for me to say, that that's a that's a true statement, right. you know. Like I don't like anything. Looking back, <laughs> well, I could just say, you know, <laughs> like a certain album resonated with me at a certain time, mm-hmm. and that's a little bit different than saying that you are a fan of the band, mm-hmm. right? And I think up until this point, I don't think I had realized that that that's really where I was all along, even though I wasn't acknowledging it at the time like going back and listening to Take Off Your Pants and Jacket sort of um, reminded me of just how frustrated I was when that album came out. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I've, I've listened to those songs more and more over the years, and they've become, as they release subsequent albums, that becomes the legacy, right? Yeah. So it, it's all sort of rolled together. Like mm-hmm. I, even though individually I've never liked Take Off Your Pants and Jacket, right. when I look back on it retrospectively, it's like part of old blink yeah it, it sort of blends in with that so it's very easy to look at it and say like oh yeah no i like blink i'm still a blink fan mm-hmm. but i really don't know that i am mm-hmm. and and i don't know that i've come to a 
confirmed answer to that question <laughs> in the course of this, but it's definitely been um, um, illustrative. I, I think, would say. but I think the question isn't "Are you?" because I don't think you are now. Right. I think the question is, "Were you Ooh. a fan of Blink One Eighty Two? You know, at when, any point in your time, when Dude your Ranch life. came out, when Anima came out, yeah, when Flyswatter came out, <laughs> I got to go back to it. <laughs> you know, that's I think that's the bigger question because yeah. it's sort of what I was talking about with, um, you know, them kind of banking credit with me from those early albums and and having a connection, even if it's not to the current album, there's still a connection to those albums. Yeah. You know, it's, 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 I remember, um, it's a tangent, but I, I, when Louis CK was on the, um, what's his name? Mark Marin podcast, WTF, they kind of hashed out their friendship because they had kind mm-hmm. of stopped being friends. And then this was the first time they talked about it. And Louis CK, I think made a really interesting observation of how you become friends with someone at a certain age, right? Let's say you were friends with someone as a teenager and you grow up with them. And for a friendship like that to be sustained, you have to continue becoming friends because you become different people, right? Um, the person you are at 30 is not who you were at 16. And if... Hopefully. <laughs> and if you're connecting <laughs> with someone... Mark <laughs> <laughs> and if you're you know, looking at your friend and you're like, that's my friend. And you're thinking of that 16 year old, you're not friends with that person necessarily. Right. You're friends with who they were. And, and with bands, well, that's it's a, it's interesting. Right. It's like, interesting yeah, concept. no, that's actually, that's yeah. exactly where I was kind of. <laughs> and so when that. you look at Blink-182, it's like, I still love Blink-182, but what you might really love is who they were, yeah. you know, in the nineties. I have I have nothing but the fondest memories right. of Blink one eighty two. And you want to bring but, you want to sustain that. You yeah. know, you want to keep that um that feeling. Yeah. And so you tell yourself, yes, I am still a fan. Because I was. Yeah. And they're still you know, they Mark still Hoppus. exist. Yeah. 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 Scott Rainer's somewhere <laughs> <laughs> playing <laughs> carousel on YouTube. <laughs> it's out there. Um so yeah, I think maybe that's maybe that's something you're wrestling with. Yeah. All credit helpful. to Louis CK for that observation. Thank you, Louis. <laughs> Good night, Louis. <laughs> Good night, Louis. <laughs> this was cool. This was, was cool. Really fun. So we might yeah. do a wrap it up episode. We might not. We'll see. We'll see. Let's see how we feel. Maybe I'll be there. Maybe I won't. We'll see. You have to. You're a full fledged co host now. Yeah. My God. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, for the final time on. Well, maybe not. <laughs> Let's come up with air. For, not come <laughs> up with air. Air, join us up, would you please? <laughs> Let's come up for air. 